Yeah, so this is, uh, this is uh, Bordeaux Diaries. It's a bit obvious, but do you want to tell us where you are? I'm in Bordeaux, Matthew. This is Bordeaux Diaries. A year in the life of DMU student Callum Taylor as he studies drama in France and in French. So, you had some visitors in the last couple of weeks, haven't you? Yes, I have. I've had my mum, my mum's partner, my brother and my sister one week end, and then my dad and my stepmum the next weekend. And how was that? Both were great. Um, went to, uh, there's like a, I think, I, I don't know if I've spoken about this before, but there's a huge dune, which is the biggest dune in Europe. Like a sand dune? Yeah, sand dune, yeah. Oh, right. And it's the, it's the biggest in Europe. And um, so I went there with mum and, and Rob, which is mum's partner, and my brother and sister. And uh, then I did the exact same thing then next week with my dad and Susan. Oh, that's a bit strange. Did they know that you did the exact same thing? Yeah, and I did the exact same thing, giving them both tours of Bordeaux as well. That must have been very strange for you. Well, you know, free food, free drinks, it's all right. Oh, yeah. Was it a bit Groundhog Day, though? A little bit, but it was with different people and just sort of detached myself from what I was, from what I was doing and just spoke to them and, and stuff like that instead. And was it odd kind of having them there in that context, in that country? No, it was nice because I've not seen them since Christmas. And how long is that? That's like three months ago now, so... Flipping heck, three months. Yeah, that, so it was nice to see them because I'm not going to see any of them again until April, the end of April. Yeah, I was glad to see them because I was missing home a little bit. And they brought home to me. Oh. Did they bring any home comforts with them for you? No. I wanted peanut butter, but no one brought any. Oh. I'm running out. Every morning I get terrified that I'm going to run out soon. I thought that you found a shop that did peanut butter. Oh, yeah, I have, haven't I? Well, that's one problem solved. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Thanks for that. Yeah, I went to Saint-Emilion, which is like... Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Saint-Emilion wine. Probably some of the listeners will have heard of it. And it's uh, it's like a an area. Well, it's, it's a town. Like a fortified walled town with all the grape... With all the vineyard, vineyards around it. Mm. And the town is so nice. Really nice. That's cool. Did you just go there and get drunk then? No, no, no. Went there with Dad and Susan and Elodie and just had a look round and... Uh, I had like a half half a bottle of wine and just had a look around, yeah. It was good, really nice. And then we, yes, and then Elodie, well, my uh, my dad met Elodie's mum and sister. Um, <laughs> How did that go? Yeah, it went really well. We got on well and Armel bought them two, two little, two presents, two, two books and dad, was, dad and Susan were chuffed, well chuffed with them because it was like French cooking recipes. And then like a, a Bordeaux wine guide. So That's cool. I mean, I'll, I'll enjoy having a read of both of them when I get home as well. So yeah, it was really nice of her. And what language are they talking? Well, our Mel's bilingual, so um, we all spoke English because Susan can't speak French. Ah, okay. Well, I don't know if she can or not, but she didn't anyway. I took my brother and my sister to a French party. You go to a lot of parties. What did you do at this one after last time? Because last episode was me essentially telling you off. Last episode was full of regret, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it went, it went very well. Do they speak uh, French? My sister can a bit, but they just spoke to people in, who spoke bad English most of the time. 
They had a ball, they loved it. Good. Did they think it was particularly different when they were back home, or was it just another party? Just another party. No, they, um, yeah, they enjoyed it. I don't know, because, I mean, when I was that age, it would have been pretty cool to go and visit my brother in a different country and then go to a party in a different country. So I think, yeah, they said they, they said that, that was one of the highlights of the trip, which I'm happy about. My brother was a bit funny. He kept going, um... Well, he kept doing that classic tourist thing where he just would shout in broken, terrible English at them. That's disappointing. No, he, but they, they didn't mind, and they got on. He got on well with them. And he kept, oh, he kept saying, like, I only know two words in French. Petit pois, <laughs> which is peas. Oh, I had a bit of a disaster as well. Found out that... So I've been told that Erasmus students don't have to do exams. Yeah. And then I find out, a few, like, like a few days ago, the day of one of these exams that I don't think I have to go to, that that only applies to exams at the end of the year. So, <laughs> pretty sure I've failed. <laughs> what was the exam in? Oh, there's one today as well in Critique, and there was the one yesterday was in Ar- Ar- Arabic Theatre. So what's the point in these? Because you said that you don't even have to pass this year. Yeah, but it would have been nice to pass, but that's not going to happen now. You reckon you're just going to outright fail? Yeah, probs. I could go and get all my marks from like last year. And So you went to this party with mm-hmm. your brother and sister, and we were talking about a party last time. Has anything happened as a result of the things that you said to people. You were very honest with people last time and told them some truths about themselves that maybe they didn't want to hear. And yeah. at the end of the podcast, you said, I I asked you, have you lost any friends over this? And you said, well, I haven't seen them since, so I don't know. Have you? I don't think so. I saw two of them and they were all right with me, so I think it's okay. We went out. And Colette just drank. She just got. She drank way too much. And then um, we. So she's really drunk, and I'm like, she, so I, and she says, um, she whispers it to me, Colin, I really need to go home. So I'm like, okay, okay. So then, like, I go. I'm like, I need to finish my drink. So I go and finish my drink. Come back over, and I'm like, are you okay? Do you want, do you want to go? And she like screams at me, don't patronise me, Callum. I'm fine. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> But then, like, 20 minutes later, she says, OK, let's go. So we went, and then um, we're getting right near to her house. I'm sleeping on her floor. Um, and uh, there's, she's like, oh, let's go into this bar for, like, for one drink. And I'm like, oh, God, this is a bad idea. And we get there, and she's like, oh, sorry, the bar's just closed. But there's that one over there is having, like, a lock-in, so you can go in there. So we go into this bar through, like, a side door under a curtain, go in. And we start talking to this man at the bar called uh, Rodolphe which is like the French <laughs> version of Adolf. Whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah, so when Colette hears that, she she does a Heil Hitler salute Oh. in the bar, and people are watching her, and she did it five times. That's, I assume that is definitely as much, as, uh, as much of a taboo in France as it would be um, anywhere else. It's worse in France because they actually invaded and took it over. Yeah. 
to a guy basically called Adolf. <laughs> and so I was like, right, okay. I didn't think anyone faces, was called Adolf anymore. Did I? But looking at looking at the faces around the bar, I was like, that you cannot do that. And she's like, no, it's fine. Rodolf Rodolf understands, and he's like, eh, not really. <laughs> and he was being quite nice compared to the looks we get from the people. And I pointed them out to Colette, and she went. And I was thinking she would be like, oh, okay, right, let's go. But she wasn't. She went over and was like saying sorry to them all and stuff. And then someone said, oh, she said to someone, I'm really sorry. And he was like, yeah, I think you should leave. It's being in France. Been doing some intensive English lessons with Valerie. In fact, I've got one after this. Good. It's been going well. I've been doing idioms, euphemisms. Oh, um, really? That must be really quite complicated to teach. Yeah, yeah, it is. Pronunciation. So, for example, weariest, the word weariest. Valerie's good at saying now. She's got it down. But we struggled for a long time with that word. Half what an hour. What part of it? What part of that word is difficult? Pronouncing it. All of it. All of it's difficult, apparently. Weariest. What idioms is she interested in? Do they use euphemism that much in France, or is that quite um, a British thing? No, they do They do use some. Because, I mean, when I say euphemisms, I mean, like, instead of saying he's dead, you say he's passed away. Yeah. With a pronunciation. It was pronunciation within proverbs. So that was quite... So that was like a double lesson, because she's learned some English proverbs and also pronunciation at the same time. So I'll give you a few if you like. Go for it. Penny wise, pound foolish. Practice makes perfect. There is nothing which has been bitter before being ripe. I like that one. I hadn't heard of the first or the last one of those. I mean, there were some proverbs in here that I hadn't heard of and didn't even understand. Like this one. Many a little makes a mickle. Oh, finders keepers, losers weepers. She enjoyed That's that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. And what? <laughs> is that a proverb? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> a wise man once said, find us keepers. There's losers, weepers. Oh, God, I, I did something well funny. So, <laughs> we're doing the euphemisms and one of the um, phrases, some of the, the, after that, one of the exercises at the end is, there's like um, phrases written in, in euphemisms and you have to translate them to simple English. English. So, um, Dan's supervisor laid him off because he was unmotivated. Unma- translates into Dan got fired because he did fuck all <laughs> <laughs> and the have you had Valerie saying that yeah, yeah I got her to say it yeah oh I've got some funny French expressions actually that I've found maybe not idioms but expressions go on go on I think you'll enjoy some of these Matthew j'ai le patate is I have the potato and it means I'm well excited <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant I have the potato. How how do you use that, like, to be excited about something? Like, ça va? Like, how are you? Oui, ça va. J'ai le potato. (laughs) I have the potato. You know when you get um, stood up? Yeah. Oh, like, you go, oh, I've been stood up. In French, they say, oh, they gave me the rake. Gave me the rake. God, I had the potato over this date, but then they gave me the rake. You don't say, um, oh, I don't care. Well, you can say I don't care. But a phrase for I don't care is, I care about it like I cared about my first ever shirt. And instead of saying, leave me alone, they say, go and cook yourself an egg. (laughs) Oh, just 
Go and cook yourself an egg. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to just use the English versions of those. The English versions, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to tell people that you've got the potato? <laughs> yeah. Another one is, um, instead of saying, oh, like, mind your own business, they say, deal with your own onions. <laughs> cook your egg. Deal with your onions. I have the potato. Here's an interesting one. Instead of saying it's useless, they say it's like pissing in a violin. What? I've heard the phrase, um, pissing, pissing in, the, in wind, the wind, but pissing in the violin? <laughs> Rude. If, if, instead of saying the French are big-headed, instead of saying, oh, you're big-headed, they say you're farting higher than your arse is located. <laughs> that was Bordeaux Diaries episode 16. You can subscribe on iTunes and tune in again next week for more French fun. I have the potato!